right. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Comedians Exposed. It's the podcast where I, Deanna Kobe, get to talk with fellow comedians about comedy and the way it leaves us feeling vulnerable. And I have a very special guest today, a good friend of mine. Uh, we're going to dive into all the uncomfortable bits. Please welcome to Comedians Exposed, Miss Judy Ortiz. Judy, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Well, I'm so glad to see you. How are you doing? Um, awful. Awful. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for asking. You're, um, it's day by day. It's good. I have really like nothing to complain about. It's fine. I went through like the sadness and the, the despair. It comes and goes. How are you? Uh, I think it's the same. It's like, what time of the day is it? You know, like, even though like things are opening up, I'm like, it's really hard, like readjusting. And I feel like this year shined a light on a lot of weirdness. And you're just like, oh, so do you feel like an anxiety around like crowds and stuff still? Or are you like kind of like, how was 4th of July? I only was with a few people. Like, I'm not a 4th of July person anyway. Like, I hate fireworks. I'm like, okay, like, how many are we going to look at? Yeah, shiny eyes. I hate fireworks. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. My heart was like, yeah. And what? Five seconds of it, you know, five seconds of it, but hours or 45 minutes, like. For me, what was freaky was I've never, like, I didn't grow up, like, I've never lit a firecracker ever. Like I've never held it in my hand. I've never had the, I never thought about it. I was raised in apartments. My boyfriend thinks it's so crazy. He's like, I like you do it in the street. You don't do it in a backyard. Like there's no reason, but I, I mean, I was never again, like, it's just whatever to me, but this year right outside of my apartment door was like, people were letting out like legit fireworks and it was cool. It was cool walking from the water towards the apartment, but like I had an anxiety, like my heart, like when they would be too close, that freaks me out. Yeah. Well, I'm like a dog. I don't know, but the animals and vets and things like, and it is, it's like loud noises, like, especially too, like people are sensory, like, you know what and I it's mean? Like, light noise, it's noises and fire yeah. coming from the sky. And I think there's like, like a, just like a primitive part of me that's like, there's <laughs> I, no one thinks this is crazy, you know? So, yeah. um, and like people are like making out, like, you know, eating hot dogs. And I was just like, I'm overthinking fireworks. I don't know. I'm no, I don't think you are. And I love your point about fire from the sky. And then it's fire controlled by oftentimes idiots. So it's like, oh, drunk, yeah, drunk, yeah, drunk idiots, idiots, like that, like kind of close the street, but like, there's just like these cars just zipping through drunk. It was just like, a little, um, but it was cool. It was cool yeah. to just see people drunk oh. on the street again. That really, I know. Oh, you my. know, we're coming together. Yeah, let's see how it plays out. But before we get into everything, do me a favor. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Um, I like Instagram and that's, uh, that's ravishing chick Jude. Um, and yeah, Twitter, I kept on changing. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the anti-brand. Like I have a different Twitter, a different Facebook, a different Instagram. Yeah. Twitter is a uh, Jude Ortiz. Oh, okay. And I think there's an underscore. In the front. <laughs> I'm not sure. Do you use Twitter a lot? 
I wish I was one of those like good, like I wrote, I like a good tweet, like a good funny tweet. And like, it's just a lot of work if you want to be consistent. So no, I'm, you can't find me on Twitter. Like once in a while I'll pop up. Um, but uh, yeah, Twitter's hard. Do you, have you terrifying like, to me? I, huh? Have you like, uh, do you use your Twitter? Are you good at like? No, writing? no. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I try to like, same thing. Twitter for me is super overwhelming. Like, I feel like it's like literally like, just like how 4th of July is like shit's happening. I'm like, what is going on? I can't process this fast. I'm like the slow kid too, because it'll be like 10 minutes and I'll think of something and it's like, and you know, it's like, oh, no. you got to yeah. be rapid fire. And it's just like the anxiety creates, it's like, no, I'll do like you do. I pop up once in a while, share a random tweet and then disappear again. And that's it. Yeah. If I'm tweeting a bunch, I'm probably really sad. Like, you know, or something. <sighs> not returning my tags, phone call or my my very aggressive FaceTimes. Um, how, how do you think social media though? Like, especially doing comedy, like I think about being a comedian before the, um, time of social media, how do you think it affects your comedy? I mean, honestly, it's like, it was like the nineties, like people started using it in the early two thousands and like the sooner you started and the more you got a handle of it, I think that can really make you shine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, like, sometimes I, I, st- I feel like an old lady where I'm just like, I don't get that part of social media. Like I, that's like, I'm not really current or like always on Twitter, always on Instagram, but I think it definitely like helps people get to know your shit and like see your face. And it's smart. It's smart to like be on social media, promoting your stuff and grinding, like, look at me, I'm doing this. And then if you meet them and they're cool and they're nice, that's good. They had advertisement on social media for free. Do you think um, there's a difference though, like tweeting a joke versus performing a joke? Like, do you think Mm -hmm. people who have had like rapid success on the the social media platforms, do you think it'll translate to traditional stand-up performance. Yeah, I think some people write where it's like, you know, a setup, a punchline, a tag. Yeah. Or little one-liners. And those are like classics for a reason. They work. So if you can make a good, solid joke and you write, you you know, you write them down as tweets, that's a really good... I think I know like two people that have gotten like comedy writing jobs from like being good at Twitter. Wow. That was like, I was like, you know what? I could see this as like a real platform that instead of just like social media, I think that kind of, you know, only describes a part of Twitter. But like, I think as a comedy writer, it's, that's like a good move. You know, like I, yeah, I respect the, when you're like a good, uh, see, I almost said tweet. Yeah. Tweeter. (laughs) I'm like, do I say, are you a good Twitter? Are you a good twit? Are you a... (laughs) Like I'm, that's like when I, I'm grandma, you know. It, you know, technology definitely shows your age really quickly because it changes so fast. But I feel like there's a couple of good things I love about it. Um, Cause I try to be positive about social changes. Um, I like how it kind of keeps the beat on. Oh, yes. I know. 
And I just changed it to gallery view too. I had it before, like really weird. So now it's better technology, yeah. everyone. <laughs> um, but I like how it kind of like creates a, like that level of exposure to things you wouldn't be exposed to necessarily. Mm-hmm. And also too, I do find um, being on social media, like say an Instagram live, that's just, or posting a joke is very anxiety provoking. You know, it's really uncomfortable. What about for you? Do you find that stuff like, do you love it? Am I 100% confident of everything I post being funny and liked? Yes. <laughs> no, it's, I totally, yeah. I'm like, or when I am confident, I get humbled and I'm like, no one else thought that was brilliant. <laughs> oh my God, my dishes are haunted and they're moving. That was like two months fighting. Um, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. And maybe that's like what makes me hesitant, but also I just think it's like, I'm lazy with, I'm just not on it. I'm like, the phone's always charging or <sighs> screen. It, it does take, all, it for, like, I feel like it is a lot. Like I haven't been on social media that long. Like I remember my space coming out and I was on my space for like a hot second. And I was like, this is terrible. Like remember like they had the top eight or whatever. And it's, it was like, this is not, in the not cool. It seems so odd, like the beginning where you did, like, remember in MySpace, there was like Tila Tequila and there were just these people that were like MySpace famous and you couldn't, but you're like, what do you do? Like, you're a hooker? I don't understand. And you have like a mixtape. Like, it was just but now they're called influencers. They're influencers. Yeah. And I remember, like, do you, did you have the feeling when you saw that you were just like, how can you put yourself out there? So like, that seems so bizarre. And yeah. now it's like, you need to find that balance of putting yourself out there, but not, you know, but you know, within limits, within yeah. boundaries or else it, everything seems like a cry for help, you know, and I try to be sensitive, but you know, I don't, I just feel like too, especially like, I remember like privacy, like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, let's cut school and smoke cigarettes in the back, you know, and you're not worried about there's going to be video footage or audio camera footage or, you know what I mean? Like just doing like that stuff, I feel is like slowly kind of getting eradicated, but then of course there's also benefits, but I don't know. What about comedy? How do you think social media has shifted comedy and what you'll perform about? Like my favorite thing is when there's a viral, you know, comedy bit that like really captures a moment or, or introduces you to like a really funny comic from like another that you would never, ever meet. But um, do you remember the viral video with Harvey Weinstein? It was like, I don't know if it was a mic or if, I think it was a show and it was in LA from what I believe Harvey Weinstein walked in to the bar. Have you seen this viral With video the, that went? The, the comic who kind of like, yes, yeah. yeah. So what that's was, like, I think her name is. I forgot her name. Yeah, I gotta look it up. Julia, I, you know, Julia. No, I remember this though. It was not a lot of. But like, those are, I think, the like most exciting things that can happen. Like, that's the best. People are sharing it and like, we're all like, like, especially like a comic, a woman comic, you put yourself in those shoes. You're like, would I have that confidence and be that quick and have that courage? Because my favorite part is, you know, she's kind of 
pointing it out and how fucked up it is. But then there's people booing her and like, she just starts owning it more. And like, I don't want to use the word like commit. It's not a bit. It was just like, that was her crowd work, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But, um, that like, that is, it is a bit, you know, essentially. And like, what about, would you have done that? Um, I, there's a part of me that like, the the horrible things in life or the uncomfortable things in life I'm like okay I can this could be a good bit if I work on it so I would like to think that I would um and I think I would I think I would but also it's like is it too shocking to just like are you just like I'd probably do something more like rapist rapist take the rapist out rapist I'm not leaving until they take the rapist like maybe but not as, as clever as her. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I've responded like a, a, a robot. <laughs> They're saying one thing. Um, how would you have responded? Do you think you would, you would have. Yeah. Because for me, like comedy, I wish I was a comic that just wanted to be funny all the time, but I feel like <laughs> it's so much of my comedy becomes like just emotional, like things. Like I remember with Louis, and the shit went down with Louis, and then his special came out, and all these people were on Louis's dick. I, I got, huh? I'm sorry. I thought after that happened, he went like dark for like two years. No, like, no, 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 not even a fucking year. Okay, the dude didn't even stay quiet for, and it's like, like the shit with Louis drove me nuts because it's like I loved him. Like I had seen him like right before shit went down. He's a funny motherfucker. He's I mean, fucking funny. Giant, yeah. But like at what it costs and like, okay, you know, again, there's so many degrees with all this shit that goes out there and stuff like that. And I'm like, not saying like, I believe in redemption, you know, but like, dude, take a year, just take a fucking full year. And he came back and he released this set. And what killed me was the opening joke was shitting on his mother for being supportive. And you're like, bro, like, have you learned nothing? And all these comics, I remember everybody was on his dick. And I remember that was what my comedy was about. Just going in and ripping on Louie and shitting on Louie and anybody who still supported him at that moment right there. Like, hold the fucking phone. Let him think a little bit, you know? And like, I'm not saying don't come back. I believe in redemption because especially as comedians, we're going to say fucked up things. Yeah. You know, like, it's yeah, there's like, cancel culture. There's not redemption culture. And that's a shame. And I mean, Louis, it's like, I don't really, I read his, I think I thought it was like, you know, at least he, he wasn't like no comment about it. I like skimmed that New Yorker, um, that like apology letter, or maybe it was on to, to the New York times. Um, I was like curious. I, I, I'm pretty sure I skimmed through it. And I remember it was, it was long. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think he's gross. And, um, but he was, that was like a part of his act was this, this kind of like sexually repressed, gross guy. That's kind of like has bad posture. And the, I, generally speaking, those guys tend to be, you know, odd hornballs you know what I mean like kind of and not that that excuses him but I'm just saying like I wasn't I thought he was doing that before you know like that 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 wasn't shocking to me um I I don't know I don't know what to think about the Louis thing but you're you like that you do you feel like he 
he should have taken like I guess a full year, two years off, and then he was at the top of his game. He was making a shit ton of money. It was the height of Me Too, you know. Yeah. Like, dude, like a couple years, you know. Like, I thought that's what he did. So it was just. It like, was not even like a full year. Like I said, it was like he released this special, and like I said, I was disappointed with like why can't you? I I would have appreciated it had been more self deprecating on him. You know what I mean? Like, it was more, like I said, like the joke with his mom just bothered me. And, I was, and especially as a woman, I think for me, and I'm not trying to assume your experience. Like, I try to be really careful talking with comics. But like for me and my experience with comedy, the Louis, like you talked about, like how he's, what he says on stage. We see that. We hear comics saying similar things. And then you think about what the life is like off stage. And what I don't know how it's been for you. As a woman, have you encountered weird, creepy things because of being a woman or just in comedy in general? I, you know, I mean, I, I kind of like now I just kind of don't have a very big social circle of comedians and I'm older. Like once you're past 26, the, you know, I think people stop seeing you as potential prey, <laughs> you know, like those scumbag guys. So it just doesn't, it happens when you're 18, 19, 20, 21. But um, I don't know. I kind of, sometimes I would, uh, and I know a lot of um, women and, and girls that do comedy do this. Like I came out like very aggressive, you know, like anything I did, if I it was sketch comedy or if it was, uh, which is how like I started telling jokes on a stage. And, um, and then like early stand up, I just kind of like, I was the first to grab your butt or like, I was aggressively, you know, kind of, um, free and yeah. talked about that. And I, I was kind of more vulgar. So I think I did it as a defense mechanism to combat those guys. And, um, it kind of works, but also like the real crazy ones are like, oh, she's wild and doesn't give a fuck. And then they're aggressive with you too. But yeah. that happens. That wasn't a comedy thing. That was just like, you mix alcohol, you know, cute young girls and gross dudes. You're, you know, that happened everywhere, bars or, or, or a concert or something like that. It wasn't really comedians. I'm I like, I've, I've met most of them are, you know, evolved they think women are you know it's not like they're these antiquated dudes that like those cavemen exist but they're they're few I think wow it sounds your experience seems so different from mine like hearing it like I love hearing yours is like so positive and maybe I'm just too cynical because <laughs> I don't feel <laughs> like I just reflect on like just my own experiences in comedy and like well that's all you know you know yeah. it's like we're different you know it's people treat one person differently another person oh. I think being a tall woman you know a very you know kind of I think it 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 it's so Don't you do CrossFit too? No. Oh my God. You're like so fit though. You have like, you literally. Oh, you like, haven't seen me. Oh since my God. Here. There's no way you had muscles for days. I, wow. The next time someone sees full body, they're going to be like, Ooh, muscles for days. <gasps> I had muscles and bread with broth for days. <laughs> like calories for days. Maybe like 20 pounds. 
Um, I'm not muscular, but even with whatever, it's like, I'm I, sorry. I didn't mean to comment on your body. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. No, but you're, but you're, but I'm just saying you're, you're, you're petite, you know, you, um, have like a sweet, like, I'm sure guys, you know, you got treated differently. That's all. No, it's, like I said, I just, I love like, again, talking. Cause I feel like too, like that was the whole crux of the podcast is like, I just want to see everyone's experience. And like you said, like how you approach things and, you know, like, again, the aggressive demeanor, like I reflect on my first year in comedy, it was like, I just needed to be on stage. Like I didn't think about jokes. I couldn't do anything. I just needed to get over the crippling stage fright and not pee myself, you know? So it's like that I think is so relevant how you're saying again, your approach going in. What about now? Do you think you're still as like, I guess, I don't know if aggressive is the word like that would compare like to when you first were, but have you changed from when you like started in terms of your approach? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not as, I'm not like this open wound that sometimes I was like where it was just putting it all out there and like, um, you know, talking about the things that, you know, are going to get attention. Like that was, that was kind of like the first, you know, I just like shocking stuff. So like, sometimes it's just about like eating a tortilla with like peanut butter and how it's depressing, you know, or something like, it's just, so it's like slow, not slower, but yeah. Like it was about, I'm not, I'm not actively drinking. So it's not like, Oh, I was fucked up. Like it was a lot of like, kind of like fucked up, crazy kind of scenarios in my standup. And when you're in your twenties, like that's what life is. It's like sex getting fucked up. And like not having money because you're always getting fired or whatever you're (laughs) and those are funny things like those are those are great things. So at the time I was like, this is the funniest shit in my life. So let me just talk about this shit. And now it's like I'm doing stand up like most of the time it's just like for I want to make my friends laugh and I want to make people laugh like there's nothing better than killing, you know, and, and, and feeling that and just being like that's fucking awesome. Like I wrote that and I performed that. And like now, like, like that's great, but there's times I want to do comedy where it's like, just for me, it's, it's for me. And then there's that part of me that also wants to get validated and the laughs. Mm -hmm. So when that, when both those things click, that's like beautiful. And I feel like now that I'm a little older doing stand up, like I try to like get into that zone, which is a difficult zone. Yeah. What that's what it's the best. You talk about like what would be things that would you you would address to help get you in that zone? Um, it's really a mindset. It's like I have been, you know, luckily most of my life I've, I I don't think I've ever dealt with like anxiety and depression, but like this past, you know, pandemic, I think we all have had a uptick. And um, that's a word I started using during this pandemic uptick. Um, But like there's an uptick in depression and all these disorders that, you know, people are feeling anxiety. So I'm one of those like first timer anxiety, depressed people. So thank you for welcoming me. Welcome. Welcome to the shit show. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not on any prescriptions. Oh, I'm I'm free. Give her the party. (laughs)
<laughs> you know, taking it day by day. Oh, hope I don't. No, I won't. Um, but this is evidence if I do. Um, no. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, um, God, my ADD too. What were we talking about? We we're talking about um, that you had like this is the first time for you. You've experienced more anxiety and depression and uptick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your comedy has evolved. Like initially you were talking when you were younger, losing jobs, but now you're in a different space. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, um, I haven't been, I haven't been doing it as much as I want to, but when I have, I've felt, um, there's like a comfort because, um, I I'm sure you missed comedy that whole year, you know? when maybe there was a zoom or something, but like everyone was trying to figure it out. And it was like, fuck, like I was um, happy with my consistency before the pandemic. And then I felt like I was robbed, you know, from like this, I was like, I was really enjoying myself. Like, and I turned it into me. I'm like, why can't I, enjoy? you know, but um, the, the times that I gotten on stage, I'm like, man, I miss it. And I need to do this more. So this podcast too. Like I was excited because I feel like it's going to motivate me to, to be out there and actually put the anxiety behind. That's what I was trying to say was like the anxiety and depression has been like, it's like the bad angel, like the the good angel is like, do stand up. Right. You know, like don't get blackout drunk. And then this one is like anxiety. Someone's going to kill you. You're going to get slashed in the subway. And I, it's just like, I need to live my life and do what I, I also love to do. Yeah. What do you think? Cause I found that too, like, especially this last year, um, there was some people that didn't go and do any comedy at all. Some people just embraced zooms and did hardcore zooms. Some people never stopped doing live comedy. Yeah. That takes what? balls. <laughs> um, in the first, in the beginning, I'm just like, yeah, all those people got COVID all of them. <laughs> You know who you are, <laughs> but there should they they have a sharper knife. You know, I mean, they're the. I went to um, a couple like rooftop shows and park shows. I did a couple park mics. Um, I did one indoor mass mic, which was like in like a basement. It was not smart. Um, and I remember taking a COVID test after that. Uh, I didn't get it, but I think there was someone that had it. It was just like too close. And once that happened and I didn't, and then I did an outdoor mic and then it was like, you know, you get the COVID warning, which is very cool of people to tell you, Hey, you know, we were doing this, this, you know, I have COVID get checked. So like there was these like close encounters with it that definitely slowed me down. And Mm -hmm. then I returned to zoom, but it just wasn't like, um, what I really enjoy. It wasn't enough. I'd like that in the zoom mics you write, you know, it like pushes you to like keep fresh, but it's just not the, I don't know. It's just, you know, I felt like, I I felt like there was, it it had a purpose because there wasn't like, again, the same thing. Like I was kind of, I think like similar to you, I did some outdoor shows and stuff. And then I remember I went to like one indoor mic and Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, just feeling like so itchy to do comedy. And I've seen people do comedy and I was like, I don't want to do it. So I went to one mic and literally that mic, like the very like next day, someone's like, oh, I have COVID. Like mother, mother. you know? So I was like, I didn't go out then for like, I just stayed in the house then after that. Cause I'm just like, okay. But I feel like comedy does that to people. It's like one of these things that 
it almost pushes you to the brink. Like, I know that this is a deadly disease, essentially. This could kill me. But I love comedy so much. And it was like, I felt like a lot of comics I talk with, like this theme of like, I love comedy. And that's the only reason what's worth living. What about for you? Like how much comedy, how much does it motivate you um, in your choices? Yeah, I mean, it was, it's it's evolved into like, if I'm going to be really real, um, like this, I started doing sketch comedy. I don't know if you, did you start stand up? You just went up one day on stage. That was your first time. I took a class. Oh, oh a class. Okay. Yeah, I took a class. Yeah. A couple but of like, classes. That was, I don't even know if that was like what I wanted to do. I didn't see myself doing like, like doing it one day and trying it out one day. Um, but then I did sketch comedy with uh, my good friend, also comedian, Melissa Sirach. And then, um, we had gyno call and that was so fun. And it was just like writing and performing and whatever, high drunk, the best times were when we were, you know, sober. And like, that gave me more of a, like, I was like, okay, I want to try stand up, but I had to, I had to do sketch. I had to like be on stage with someone else before I could like try it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm so at like, I apologize for the ADD. No, it's okay. <laughs> What's the question again? <laughs> well, I wanted to ask too, what about your comedy? Like in terms of, cause we did talk about cancel culture. Um, yeah. Does cancel culture like play an impact on how you write? Um, no, I mean, I, I, it brings up like, you want to be thoughtful. I think the, the, um, like everything's shifted because there's no privacy. Like we were talking about, like, because people are, are choosing to be represented like online, you know, so lines get blurry. And so like, I don't want to come across as something I'm not, I don't want to come across as, um, the things I, I hate, but I joke around with, but if that's like the edge, like there's shit that like you make fun of there's, there's like, I like satire. I like parody. I like kind of only certain people, like, you know, just, I like subtle humor. I So I think a lot of it gets lumped in with like straightforward, hateful jokes that um, aren't funny. You know what I mean? Like that's the shit that's, that's, um, you know, someone has the right to be like, fuck you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as a Latina, you know, um, 39 years old, there's been many eye rolling shit, you know, not just from stand-up comedy, but like in films and, and, um, TV and stuff. Like I have a bit how it's just like all Hispanic ladies on TV are either maids or whores, you know, it's just like, and I have a game, I have a game we play and I go maid, whore, whore, whore. It's a lot of whore, but then it's like, oh, you know, police officer with a sense of humor or something, or there'll yeah. be, there'll be moments where, where it's not. But so I, I have, I guess it, what's good is it's given me a thick skin. Like I can't be easily offended because, um, I've had to like brush off a bunch of shit. Like if I was offended, um, by the lack of like representation or like when it's like, canceling something that's 
they're like, it's racist or it's sexist, but like, it's not, it's like, well, there's real, like there's real hurtful, hateful language that, um, or is there, I don't know. But like, if that does happen, if it's like, if it's a joke to like, just hurt people and it's just kind of a fuck you joke, I think someone should have the right to say it, but they also need to have the right to hear it and hear what people think. Yeah. Because it, and then it's up to them if they do want to redeem themselves or not. And, um, and if they learn, but it could be a learning moment for that person. Like some people are just stupid and they just like typing shit and then they get called out on it. And I'm hoping, you know, that they are like, Oh shit. Okay. I guess. But some of it's, you know, I think with like, maybe if you're celebrity level, you know, people start maybe just because you cast a wider net. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Cancel culture. It's, it's, it, I know. I don't know. Um, like, I don't think it would change. Like if I was um, writing a joke that I thought was going to offend people, mm-hmm. um, I would just, I'd probably be like, Hey, don't get offended until I say the whole joke, you know, like maybe that I've actually, that's, I've used that as like a segue where it's like, you're only going to be offended if you don't listen to the whole joke. And then, um, that, you know, that's chuck, you know, gets a chuckle and it's true. It's just, you know, you make fun of cancel culture and then you say your joke. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. I'm like, ah, like both sides. Speaking of cancel culture, then uh, what about um, because Mr. Bill Cosby just got released? Yeah, your favorite, right? (gasps) No, you didn't see that. Why? It was like one of these things. Again, it's like nobody wants to like not love these people. You know what I mean? Like it's heartbreaking and stuff. I was never a huge Bill Cosby fan. Oh my god, comedy. I was like, I mean, I understand like his importance. I loved the Huxtables, you know, I loved, um, I, I love putting pops. I did. And Oh my God. And remember the junkyard gang? Huh? uh, Fat Albert and the junkyard gang. So he's been a part of my childhood and it, 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 it sucked, but I never thought he was but like thinking about representation, funny. right? Thinking about again this idea of because you talked about your like Hispanic women, you're a whore or a maid. Like, think about his show was like the first real time in America that we saw a black family in like a fucking familial context. Yeah, and how powerful that was. So, yeah. where do what do we do about Cosby? How this shit. Kill is- him? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should take that. No. Cool. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy yeah. that like there's a statute of limitations. Like you had brought up the Cosby thing, and you told you were telling me that it's because of a federal Pennsylvania decision, he right? He got released because in the civil suit when That's- he was interviewed years ago, he was civilly sued. Yeah, he admitted to certain things, but it was under the guise that it would never be used in a criminal case. So, which is like, why does that law exist? You know what I mean? Like, if you say something 
that's a, a, a like a felony crime, that should be, that should like, if a kid reports a, a, a crime to a teacher, she has to say something. Yeah. So he admits he did a crime as heinous as that. And he has all these witnesses and it was recorded just because it was in this place called this, like that's such a fucking weird ass law that needs to just be, you know, omitted or rewritten because I don't understand why that even matters. You know, I, I'm not, you know, not stunning for the bar. I'm not, I don't know yeah. anything about laws. I, and shit. I get like on one hand, of course you want everyone to have due process of the law. And it's like, yeah. I don't, you don't know what was said. And like, there's just so much, it's just so heartbreaking. And it's like, you know, like, what about, is there such a thing? I think it leads to me thinking the question, can you still appreciate someone's art even after this has happened, like, you know, think about like, can you listen to R. Kelly music? Can you watch Cosby? Can you watch Louie? Like Ignition the Remix? Huh? Ignition the Remix? Oh it is I still I I still I no. Um no. R. Kelly is gross. And, and also I was like a year younger than Aaliyah. Like she, I was like 14 when she was 15. And I remember being like, damn, she like, they got married. Like that's fucking weird. Or when I heard about the Elvis Priscilla stuff. And so as a teenager, um, I thought that was weird. And like, now people are like, we thought it was okay. I'm like, I don't know. I always thought he was gross for that. Um, but also it was like 15 dating 19 year olds because I was like, oh, they say I'm, um, mature for my age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, I was a complete, yeah, you know, I was that, getting that line. abused and I didn't know. So as an adult woman, it's like, it's not just like, Ooh, he's gross or, you know, um, something like that. It's, it's like, wow, he's such a dirt bag, uh, because just like many other men, like he, he uses like young minds to kind of like mold. And he uses obviously his power in the nineties. R. Kelly was, you know, everything to R and B music. So it's just like, uh, yeah. Is he in jail? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't think the trial, but I think he's been, I, maybe he's under house arrest, but I thought he was in jail, like actually in so if he's in house arrest, he still has women in like the boiler room. Yeah, because that could happen. So I think he's actually in jail. I don't, I haven't like paid attention to like what, because sometimes I get so frustrated because it's like, <laughs> yeah. to me, cancel culture means that the person's art no longer will be appreciated because it was created from a really dark space and a lot of crime and a lot of people were hurt. But that's why I feel like sometimes cancel culture is not necessarily like a real thing. It's like, I feel like it's like this weird threat that we're using to shame people, you know, to stay in line. And meanwhile, the reality is, and this is where like, again, from my experience with comedy, if you're funny enough, it doesn't matter what a fucking dick bag you are because you're funny. And especially, I, I don't know if this is true for you. I feel like as a woman, I sometimes have to fight a little bit harder to be validated. Like I've been told women aren't funny. I was introduced at a show. That was how I was introduced. I usually don't women think aren't women funny. are funny, but 
this one. And it was yeah. like, ah, you know, cut me, man, that shit. But it's the reality. So yeah. it's like, what about? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I haven't had like, or maybe I just wiped it out of my head hearing a guy that says women aren't usually funny, but, but I have heard stuff like, this is what really annoys me. Like when, um, one time I was, I was waiting to go up. Right. So I had like, you know, I bring like a little piece of paper, even if it's in my pocket. Um, and I, so I was just kind of like looking over some notes at like a minute, you know, the guy was on his last minute. And then the, the, um, headliner of the show, he goes, he passes me. And then, um, he goes, put a little smile on your face. And it was just like, and, and then she's like, Judy, you're a tea. And I was just like, you, this, this moment, don't talk to me. Don't, you know, and do not get, so it's just like that kind of like unwanted, like, yes. you know, yeah. uh, smile or uh, I really like uh, the lipstick or whatever. It's just like, I, mm. I don't know. Oh, that shit. I had to, like, again, my whole comedy thing, it was years it took me. The first comedy class I took, I remember, you know, and I was younger than I am now, and I was a little much more of a party girl. So I was like talking about, you know, doing wild shit because that was the life I was living. Mm-hmm. And I remember the teacher was like, oh, you don't want to talk about sex, you know, <laughs> you know, because then all the guys in the audience are going to think about doing, and it's like, what? And then like the second time I tried to do comedy, I remember going to an open mic and like this fucking fucking jerk off I remember he's like I was the only woman there and he's like oh we're gonna bring a hot comic on and it's like why are you doing this like why like none of this is like I said you were hot no and that's like first of all that's so stupid because like like come on like there was just layer on layer on layer and it's like all that shit that's why it's like I think for me cancel culture I think about this shit all the time and I keep asking comics about it because I'm like is this and I know it for me like there's a million and one things I've said that I fucking hate, but I'm like, it was the process of trying to get to where I am. Yeah. But is that like, is that going to be enough? Cause I feel like, think about like with Kathy Griffin, remember? Yeah. Do you feel that cancel culture impact women and women differently? Or do you think hers was, cause she was on like, I think you said, right. The no fly list. Yeah. She was on the no fly list. She was, um, like she was banned from performing. She started performing international shows. Um, but she couldn't perform in America. And so she had to cancel these gigs and, but like, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, women get, women just get judged harsher when it comes to character flaws. Like, I feel like, uh, men can get away with a lot, you know, it's like, uh, a dumb, lovable lug, but, the, or like you think, oh, dumb, she's a bimbo. Like there's a little bit, you know. Um, I feel like guys are, you know, boys will be boys and it's just like, he's a pyromaniac and he's hitting girls and he's, you know, taking his pants off. It's like, I don't know, your little boy may be a jerk, you know, it's not just, you know, boys will be boys. And then if a girl's doing that, she's, you know, in a loony bin. So we're just judged for our character flaws probably more. So when it's something like, um, Kathy Griffin, uh, being, uh, overwhelmingly like aggressively angry and wanting to make it a joke. It's like, that's already a very difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. And whether she knocked it out of the park or not, 
it's just like she's she's gonna pay. Um, I think it's cool that she knows that, you know, she she knows that, but she also like is like whatever my fan is like she's so confident about her fan list. I was actually in her mailing list. Yeah. Like um because of what happened. And I was like, all right, she, you know, or maybe before that, but I would read them, especially like after the the thing. And it was just like there's there's no such thing as bad press, you know. So she kind of milks it that way. And that's yeah. her, you know, that's like her thing. But um she's back. But it took her, I felt like comparing Louie to her, Louie was in like hiding for less than less time than her. Like she got banned from doing shows. And like yeah. I said, not even one year after the shit, he did that show and it was recorded. And like I said, that was where like initially he was addressing, hey, I do really jerk off in front of women without their consent. And instead of making that his whole bit, like I said, he was like, my mom collects all the press that she sees about me. This isn't good, mom. It's like your mom still loves your creepy little masturbating ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, jerk off. <laughs> but yeah. Judy, I just want to say it's been awesome talking with you today. Um, I just want to ask one more time. Can you tell everybody where we can find you on social media? Ravishing Chick Jude. I Instagram. And I do believe it. I checked real quick. I was like underscore Jude Ortiz Twitter. Um, sometimes a tweet, sometimes I don't, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. If you're funny, I'll follow you. Um, but it was good talking to you. Thank yeah. You. It's so good to talk to you. And before, um, one more question though, before we close off, I just want to know then, um, how would you then, like, as we can help shift the future narrative, because I appreciate all these changes. Like I appreciate the sentiment of cancel culture, mm-hmm. but what do you think we as comedians, how can we help shift the narrative so it doesn't become this place of fear mongering over what you can and cannot talk about? I think it's like, if you're, if you're quick to cancel someone, if you, if you find yourself, I don't think a, it's a it's a big percentage of the population that's thinking and doing the things to like dox people and make the letter campaigns to like cut ads and I think that's a small amount of people that troll the internet and are just like cancel this person or um but like if you if you are that kind of person or if that like reading about can- people being canceled kind of does something to you you have to really think about like what's going on in your closet you know because it's like it just seems a little too pointy pointy and you're just pointing at yourself three times. Right. Um, so if we all kind of just like what you said, you're like, I used to do stand up, and some of the jokes probably fell short and were insensitive more than funny. And I've done that too. Um, and it's just like, you have to understand when it comes to stand up comedy, I think stand up comedians should say whatever they want to say. Um, and if they, they fuck it up real bad, they're going to hear it, you know, but then it gives you a chance to adapt. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you need to be able to say the fuck up to fix yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. If you and don't say it, then you, where do we go? And my favorite comedians talk about, you know, dark shit, you know? So like my favorite comedians are going to be walking that line and possibly offending people and possibly offending me, you know, um, I can't really think of there's things, especially male comedian, you know, it's yeah. just like, uh, like there's that Chris rock bit of like, you know, uh, I would never hit a woman, 
but that doesn't mean I won't shake her. You know, I mean, obviously a joke. I wasn't offended, but it was just like, let's say I was a very easily triggered person that, you know, I did see violence in my house, but it's just like, let's say it affected me in a way that, that word, but it's just like, baby girl, you need to get help with how that word is triggering you because we can't be open wounds all the time and you have to let comedians and and artists like I don't know I I don't believe in censorship of of any kind when it comes to like art or, or writing even um and people learn from that shit and also we like everybody grows so you can't especially with a joke that's written badly and like offends people. It's like the chances of that comedian was, that was their intention are very low. So you have to like trust that people are trying to figure it out just like you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that was great. Well, Judy, thank you so much for being our guest today on comedians exposed. Yay! Till the end. Oh my God! Well, we should be friends. No. <laughs> we already are. I I miss you. I want to.